Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are talking about the movie that everybody's talking about, I guess, Barbarian? Barbarian, yes. This is exciting. This is this is the movie that everybody's talking about. It is. It is. Yeah. I feel like we're like we always cover movies later, so that like we're like on top of things right here. <laughs> finally, finally, <laughs> we are at the front of the line. <laughs> yes. Took long enough. Now, before we get into this, I'm going to say now normally we say spoilers, but we are going to talk about this movie and this movie is one of those that you don't want to read too much about. You don't want to listen to other people talk about it before you watch it yourself. This is a movie that you should experience with as little information going into as as possible, I think. And then I think this would be this would be a, a good good movie to watch. But but I feel like if you start getting spoilers it might ruin some of it for you. Yeah, I think when you say spoilers just in general, people are like, Man, I don't care, spoilers, whatever. But this is a movie that kind of hinges on those spoilers. Not in an M. Night Shyamalan kind of way, but like throughout the entire movie, there are dips and turns and twists that if we're telling you, we're going to tell you about them too. And it, and, and you're, it, it could potentially ruin the movie for you. The experience is best going in, like Jen said, no knowledge. Not knowing much about it. Now we watched the first, tra- I think there's two trailers out. We watched the first one, which doesn't give a ton away, which I thought was great. I did watch the other trailer, and it does start showing parts of the movie that you didn't see in the first one, and you might be able to kind of pick up, like, oh, there's more to this than, you know, what it is. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I... I try... after After I saw the first trailer, I read somebody's advanced review on Reddit... And they said, don't watch anything else. Don't read anything else. Just go to the movie. Don't don't read anything. Don't even read the, the synopsis on IMDb, which is pretty innocuous, actually. But they were, you know, hyper, hyperbolically speaking, don't do anything but watch this movie now. So that's our advice. Don't listen to this if you have not seen the movie. If you don't care, we're about to spoil this. And I'm going to give you, I'm gonna, you know what? Let's give them three seconds. Ready? Yep. One. Two, do you want to say two or do you want to say, do you want to just say, do you want me to do all three? You do all three. Okay. So one, two. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. One, two, <laughs> three. All right. Now we're going to spoil the crap out of it. Jen, let's start with you. Tell us who created this film. All right. This movie was written and directed by Zach Krieger. It stars Georgina Campbell as Tess, Bill Skarsgård as Keith, Justin Long as AJ, Matthew Patrick Davis as the mother, and see, and you're already spoiling Richard shit. Brake as Frank. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to go into. The one thing I want to mention is this movie really goes off where I didn't expect it to. I saw in the trailer Bill Skarsgård and you're thinking automatically he is either the bad guy or there is something supernatural going on here. Right. Because that guy, that that actor is involved with a lot of movies that have those two things going on. It's some smart casting. It is and the I, I watched an interview by the director and that is why he picked him. Because he Wanted to throw everybody off. It's smart, and it does. It throws everybody off. Also, this is a Disney movie. <laughs> it's a Disney movie. Yeah, yeah. In the same way that Pulp Fiction was a Disney movie back when it came out, I'm pretty sure. Right. I just, I, I wanted to say that because there's a lot of people out there when Disney was taking over Fox, I think it was, there was a lot of people out there like, oh, they're going to ruin all these movies. We're not going to get these scarier rated r movies anymore blah 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 well hold sit down you're fine yeah no this is this is definitely there well we'll get into it i guess we'll get into (laughs) it so the movie if you've seen the trailer the first part of what i'm going to tell you is going to sound awfully familiar it opens with a young woman tess who books an airbnb in a rundown area in detroit 
Of course, she doesn't know it's a rundown area because it's dark when she gets there. Don't know it's a rundown area until the next morning. Or at least we don't know quite how rundown it is. Right. I. It's so weird. This. It's just one nice house and basically mm-hmm. a deserted community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But so she is in Detroit for a job interview. But when she gets to the property, she sees that it's already occupied by a guy named Keith. That's the uh, played Bill by Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. And he rented the property on a different app. He went through, what was it, HomeAway or something like that? I think that's what he said, yeah. yeah. So there's this whole, uh-oh, is he really renting this from HomeAway? Or is this some sort of like, come into my parlor type thing? Yeah. It's, it's storming outside. He offers that she can come in and you know look for a hotel. So she comes in. She sits down. She starts looking for a hotel. And then he says, oh, wait, I forgot. There's a big convention in town, so you probably won't be able to find a hotel. This this whole setup is fantastic right. because he is being nice, but with everything we know, it's coming across as super creepy. And Tess is rightfully hesitant mm-hmm. and thinking about, do I do this? Do I not do this? Weighing out her options because she has to be careful because this could be a setup like this guy is going to kidnap and murder her at this point yes absolutely and and in fact he brings that up he's like look i i found this bottle of wine and i don't want to open it without you here because i don't want you to think that i opened it and poisoned it or you know mickey did or something like that well and that's because he made her tea and she wouldn't drink the tea of course you're not going to drink the tea you didn't see him make it you don't know this guy right right this is setting off all sorts of red flags for her, basically. And he, he even admits to it all. He says, look, I know this is this is weird. This is coming off creepy. She says something along the lines of later on, she's going to say, look, if it had been you coming to the door when I got here, there's no way. If, you, if, you, if I had come to the door and you had been out there and you had rented the place and I was already here, I would have never let you in. Yeah. And he's like, why? And he, of course, he's a guy, so he doesn't have to think about that. Right. But her being... A woman, yep. she's got to think about that kind of stuff. This is the kind of thing that you're always talking to me about. Yeah. Why you lock the doors when I go into yeah, a Yeah, and store. I did notice she never locked her door. Like, when she was going in, she didn't lock the door. I, I watched this stuff on the movies. Like she, so when she was going into the house, mm-hmm. she did not lock her door on her oh, vehicle. Oh, her car door, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yep. okay. Twice, she didn't lock her car door. And I know that you're not going to show that stuff, but when you're... When this, I feel like this movie, I think that was maybe done on purpose or maybe it was an accident and they forgot. But I feel like that was weird that she didn't lock her car door. We didn't hear the little beep beep. That's all you had to do is hear a little beep beep while she's walking up, (laughs) right? That's all you need to hear. But I honestly, as I'm watching this whole thing, I'm like writing my notes are like, run. Nope, don't go. Get in your car. Go. Go sleep somewhere, you know. Find a hotel parking lot to sleep in. You know, somewhere where there's more people. Mm -hmm. This was my notes because I'm like, this is screaming at me like, get out. This is not okay. Yeah. this I, I have a couple of notes similar to that. Something along the lines of this guy is going to great lengths to make sure that she stays at that house. He wa- It felt like it, right? Yeah, it did. It did. And I think, really, though, it was just him genuinely He's concerned. being a nice guy. Being a nice guy. Yeah. But so, you can never tell. See, that's right. the bad thing is you, you, you have to treat everybody... I feel you have to treat everybody the same way. Whether they're being nice or not, you you just don't know. Sure. And and so this oh, this is so good, this beginning here. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's very apt at like putting you on edge and getting you kind of prepped for what's gonna come. Yeah. Really. Well, and then there was that whole part where she, you know, he offered for her to stay, he could she could stay in the bedroom mm-hmm. and then they washed and dried her the sheets because she didn't want to sleep on <laughs> yeah. those sheets right yeah by the time those sheets would have washed and dried she could have driven to another town <laughs> outside of detroit yeah maybe but i understand it's late she's probably tired she's it's storming she yeah. doesn't know the area right right of course so not like she doesn't have a it's not like she doesn't have a computer hand so right yeah but he tells her that he's a musician and part of an art art collective, basically. Mm-hmm. And this just fascinates her because this is the kind of stuff that her 
future employer is actually going to be doing a documentary on. And so, of course, the ice is now broken. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. Yeah. He's not creepy. He's an artist. <laughs> <laughs> See, artists are not creepy. Artists are artists. All right. Creepers are creepy. <laughs> anyway, so she ends up staying the night. Like you said, they wash the sheets. There's all, you know, the that's when the wine thing happens. Yeah, the wine thing goes, yep. Yeah. But then she goes to bed. She takes the bedroom. She goes in. She locks the door. He sleeps on the couch. She wakes up in the middle of the night. He's having, like, night terrors or something. And yeah. she notices that her door is open. Did her, she hear it open or did, did she just know she, it open? I don't know if she heard it open or not. I can't, okay. re- I can't quite remember. I don't remember either. But yeah. it's open, yeah. But she notices that it's open, and she hears someone walking around in the house. Yep. And so she gets up. She thinks it's Keith, obviously, because Keith is the only one that's there, to her knowledge. But he's over there having his night terrors or whatever. And she goes to wake him up, and then, like, they have, like, this moment where he's like, what are you talking about? I didn't... How would I have opened your door? You know, like... Right. I'm, I'm over here sleeping. What the fuck do you mean, right? But then she ends up going back to sleep. The next morning, she wakes up. She finds out that Keith has left. He left her a note saying, hey, break a leg on your job interview. And, you know, bring the key back with you, you know, when you come. Put it in the door, and I'll be back when I get done with what I'm doing. I I, I thought it was kind of weird that he just assumed she'd be coming back there again. Because I feel like if it were me, and I did somehow <laughs> get convinced to stay... I'd be leaving the key and then finding another place. Right, but nothing untoward happened that night. I mean, there was the weird mystery of why the door was open or whatever, but why wouldn't she come back? At this point, she knows that he's safe. She knows that the house is safe. To her knowledge, she believes the house is safe. Why wouldn't she just go back there? She's only there for an interview. Maybe she's only there for a couple of days. Why go through the rigmarole of going and finding another place? I, me personally, I would find another place. Sure. I could see, I could see if he was still being creepy, but he wasn't being creepy anymore. Like there was nothing creepy about it. She, they had the only reason he, she wasn't feeling he was creepy anymore was because they found a comic route to talk about. Right. You know, it wasn't that kind of just the way life is, you know, you, you have to find some commonality, some common ground to stand on, have a discussion. Sure, but I'm pretty are. sure most serial killers operate that way too. Find like common grounds and you know build a rapport with you before they you know murder you. I don't. I mean, I don't disagree. Some serial killers do or have done stuff like that in the past, but I don't think it's as protracted as this. This is this is now we're talking two days. Yeah. I mean this has got to be one hell of a ritual if it's two days long. <laughs> Usually they're when they're out there, when they're out there to that go. The first and get... day was just to make her comfortable. The next right. day is when he's gonna, you know, pounce. Right, right. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's a cannibal <laughs> and the flesh is really gamey if she's tense. So like he's got to put her at ease. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's, what it is. that's totally it. Yeah, that's totally it. So she goes and she has her job interview. And as she's leaving, she tells the interviewer where she's staying. And the interviewer's like, you don't want to stay in that area. You need to get the hell out of there ASAP. And she's like, I mean, it's not. there's nothing wrong with it. I know the guy now and we're fine. She basically says what I just said. Basically, you know, we found some commonality and we're... I think the lady was more going about the neighborhood, though. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. I know. That's what uh, I think. Yeah, you're right. But when she goes back to the house, she gets chased by some crazy man yelling at her down the street in an urban legend kind of way. Right. Like, I'll get back to that. Let's talk about that urban legend when we get to the, uh, the big reveal here. But the guy chases her and he's like, oh, don't you go into that house, lady. Get out of that house. Don't go in that house. Mm-hmm. He's doing it in a way that, obviously, is designed to make you think he's after her. Right. But she goes to the bathroom. She sees, oh, there's no toilet paper. So she goes looking around for toilet paper, and she goes to the basement where there's toilet paper. But instead of just grabbing toilet paper and leaving, 
she uh, finds that she's locked herself in the basement. <laughs> the door closes. It's got a wacky hinge thing where it just shuts and locks. So it seemed to me like it was one of those doors that had an automatic lock on it. Yeah. Which was confusing to me because later we'll find out that certain people can come and go through that door as they please. Yeah. Maybe they have a key. I, it looked like one of those round ones. I don't know. Anyways, it mm. I, not that it's going to hang me up so much, but that was one thing that I was like, wait a minute. How, are the, how is that working? That doesn't right. make sense to me. Right. But I feel like there should have been a key there somewhere. Sure. Show us the key if there's a key that's being used. Right. By the time we get to these people that are out there walking around, I don't really give a shit about a key. Yeah. I got bigger fish to fry. I want to know more about what's going on and why. I don't really care about the key. By that point, it is a it is a minor Oh, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. So, she locks herself in the basement. She's looking for a way out and she finds a hidden door. Which, you know, I don't know about you, whenever I see a hidden door in a movie or in a house, I think to myself, this is normal. But she opens the hidden door and it reveals a dark corridor. And she's she says, nope. Yeah, I loved it. I did too, but then she yups it. She doesn't just nope it. She's like, uh, maybe I'll go look. Right. Why did she change her mind, I man? I have no idea. Oh, man. If she would just stayed there, this would have been a whole different movie. Uh, that's why. She can't just say no and stay there because this movie ends. Well, sure. <laughs> possible. Right. It's possible. But once Keith gets there, he might have been curious enough to go explore himself. That's true. So it still could have It still could have worked. Nah, um, it could have. Yeah, I looked at that and I was like, oh, hell no. Uh, no <laughs> way. She ends up like home alone a mirror to like shine the one light into the corridor so that she can see. Yeah, I don't think that little light bulb is going to get you that much light down there. Nah, but I don't either, but eh, whatever. Whatever. I'll give him I'll give him that. But she goes wandering down the the uh, the corridor and she finds a room which has a light on in it. Yeah. The light was the light was on, right? Yeah, the or light was cause on. Cuz she didn't turn it oh, on. Oh no, wait, no, the light was not on. She turned the light on. There's a light switch when you when you when you're looking at the door, there's a light switch on the outside of the Okay. So outside she of the room. She had her phone she had her phone light on. on. No, okay. she didn't have her phone with her. Not this time. Oh, yeah. Later she time. does. So how the hell would she have found the light switch she in just there? Moved, you just put your hand on the wall and go, like, you know, up and down. You'll find a light switch. Mm. Do you want right. to... I mean, we can do an experiment. We'll shut the lights off in here, and you can, you know, run your hand up and down the wall and no, find No, I just switch. feel like it would have been so dark in there she wouldn't have seen it. I, I think that's where I was like, wait a minute. How did she see that? But doesn't matter. I don't think it she doesn't saw it. matter. The light, it. the light, she turns the light on, and there's a pretty horrific room there. Yeah, it's a sex dungeon. Yes, it's a, it's, it's a bed, a shit bucket, a video camera, and a naked light bulb, basically yeah. hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, that's it. Yep, that's all that's there. And she freaks out, of course. She goes running out of there. And oh boy, this is about the same time that Keith shows up. And he helps her get out of the the basement. Mm-hmm. Then she tells him what was in the basement. And he's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Of course, there's rooms in a basement. What do you mean? Yeah. Not understanding quite exactly what she's getting at. Oh, poor naive Keith. Poor naive <laughs> Keith. You fool. Keith, you fool. He decides he's going to go and investigate, but he asks her to stay behind because she's about ready to run. She's like, yeah. I'm out of here. But he says, no, please, will you stay in case I get locked in the basement? You can help me get out. She agrees. Also, I don't understand why she didn't just call the police. Obviously, this is something bad. I know exactly why she didn't call the police, and we'll get to that. Okay. So, she is waiting, and Keith is not coming back. So, she goes back down looking for him, and she finds another door. At the end of the hallway, that leads to a, another set of stairs that goes, goes down, way, way down. Now this she's is, got her flashlight with her this time. This is in the trailer where I start thinking maybe this is something paranormal <laughs> or, you know, something yeah. 
like we're going to get some kind of creature feature type thing. Because I started thinking about movies like there's one with where they go like cave spelunking or something. And there's the like, yes, yeah. that that movie creeps me out. So apparently <laughs> like dark tunnels with like creepy things in them really freaks me out. Like I was almost like I was really like getting a lot of anxiety watching this movie when she was going down there because I was like, oh, my God, I just I can't stand this. Yeah, I know. You kept grabbing my arm. Yeah. <laughs> He kept grabbing my arm. Like, I don't like this. It's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Anyway, so as she's walking down the stairs, she starts hearing Keith screaming. It's a trap. Yeah. And she doesn't run away. She goes further down to follow his screams. She is way braver than me. I mean, Keith's ass would be toast at this point. <laughs> if it were me, because I'd be gone. I'd be like, I'm out of here. Uh, then, but then we get this scene where she's walking down the hall. And she sees, like, these torture chambery like, cages and shit. I know. Just leave. Yeah. Go. And then Keith is coming at her, but he's coming at her on the ground. He's crawling He's crawling. I know. It's so creepy. <laughs> you know me and people crawling on ground things. That uh, creeps soon, me out. Oh, man. As soon as I saw that, I was like, you know, Jen's probably going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably your favorite scene in the whole damn movie right here. So... Keith grabs her and says, don't leave me here. We got to go. We got to leave. You got to take me with you. Something bit me. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck do you mean something bit you? But he never has any time to kind of explain because there is a huge, monstrous female, naked, completely naked female, who comes running down the hallway. Are you able to see that it's a female at this point? To me, it went really fast where, I mean, you could see it was female, but not. I saw boobs. Right, but did we know this was a woman at this point, or was it just female something? I thought I, it was female something. I didn't okay. know it was a woman. I just saw okay. boobs, and I was like, oh, obviously that's a female, whatever. Right, because yeah. her skin coloring was way off, and like... Subterranean Hair was really like weird, and yeah, so she definitely didn't look normal. Right, but she grabs Keith, and she smashes his head into the walls of the tunnel until he is basically jelly. Pretty much. And so I felt like Bill Skarsgård was like the Drew Barrymore of Scream <laughs> in this movie. So he's obviously not part of this. <laughs> he is not part of this. And here is how good the setup for this was. Until she grabbed him and smashed his head into the rocks, I wasn't convinced he wasn't part of the whole thing. Me too. I yeah. still thought, oh my gosh, he is going to trick her into doing something. I just know it. It is a, it is a, it is a ballsy setup, and an, and gr- and a great stroke of act of casting to have Bill Skarsgård do this. Now, I don't know if it would work if it was somebody other than Bill Skarsgård. It could have. I don't think you necessarily need to have the creepy person, but if you lean on his reputation, yeah, that's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a great turn. Yeah. This was this was great. Now, in the interview I was watching with the director, he sat down one night and this first part is he was writing out a scene and basically wrote this short story and stopped. Oh. This is where he stopped. He's like, I didn't think I was going to write a movie. I didn't think anything else. I just wrote this and was done. And I set it aside for a little while. Huh. He did come back to it later and then thought this was good enough to finish. So he decided to explore the opposites of what was happening in this first one. So this first one, you have somebody being very careful and standoffish and, you know, thinking about, you know, is this a safe situation or not like that? And we're going to get to a character here who is just blindly going through the world, causing all sorts of destruction and being completely oblivious to it. So he was going with the thought of, I'm going to write something that has a character opposite of what we just dealt with here. Okay. And that's what we get. We yep. get AJ, who is an, a sitcom actor, played by Justin Long. He gets a phone call while he's out cruising around in California somewhere. And they tell him that he is being accused of rape by his co-star. And he's being fired from his new sitcom that they just, just did a pilot for. And he goes and visits his... His financial guy, his financial guy drops him and says, look, you don't have enough money to 
pay for a lawyer and still live in the house that you live in. You're going to have to start shrinking some of your assets. Which leads AJ to look at some rental properties that he owns, one of which is in Detroit. Oddly enough, it's the exact same house that Tess and Keith were staying at. So he decides to take a flight. He goes out to Detroit, gets in a rental car, drives to his house, goes in, and finds that what he assumes is that somebody's squatting there. Mm -hmm. He finds baggage, luggage, stuff. He finds the uh, basement door propped open with a chair, which is how Tess left it. He moves the chair. The basement door closes. He decides that he is going to go out with his friends after. Now, this is, I think, just to kind of show what kind of an asshole this character is. His parents call him and say, hey, you should come to Detroit and visit. You know, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be alone at a time like this. You know, come visit us. We'd love to have you at home. And he's like, ah, you know, I got to I gotta go. I'm getting a really important business call. He doesn't tell them that he's in Detroit. Right. And in fact, he tells them that it's a business call, but it's his friend that's calling. Mm-hmm. And his friend wants him to go out and go drinking. So they go out and go drinking. This is where he basically admits, hey, look, she didn't want to have sex with me at first, but I whittled her down and she eventually said yes. So I think this is another interesting casting choice Yeah, with Justin Long being this dickbag because typically in movies, Justin Long is a easy, carefree type of guy. Sure, yeah. And so I feel like they did good with the casting here to kind of subvert what you're thinking in this character too. So yeah. I, I really yeah. like the casting in this movie. Yeah, I think they did a really good job. So he goes out and he gets drunk and he comes back to the house where he inspects the basement and he sees uh, the hidden door mm-hmm. because it's still left the way that Tess and Keith left it. I love the whole research of does a unfinished basement add footage to this this house and when he sees that in some instances it can be considered extra he's like score and he goes and grabs a tape measure to start measuring this thing he literally and this was this was a laugh out loud moment for me in this movie he's tape measuring he's measuring everything the rape room yeah he's measuring the darkened corridor he's measuring down the subterranean stairs not doesn't care yeah completely oblivious like the okay the rape room is definitely Something bad has happened here. Why are you not going up and calling the cops? And You're just ignoring it. He doesn't he care. Knows. He just doesn't care. Because even when he when he's sitting there, he sits on the bed. Yeah. And he's, and he's like, like, oh, this is oh, gross. gross. And he stands yeah. up. So crazy. Yeah. It is. He's a disgusting character. He's a disgusting creature. Yeah. Yeah. So he finds another room while he's out there measuring around. And it has a television about a woman breastfeeding a newborn. And then he gets chased by the naked crazy woman, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Naked woman. He runs, he falls into a pit and in the pit is Tess. She's still alive. Hey, she's still alive. She made it. So Tess tells AJ that he needs to be calm because the woman in the tunnels Wants them to be her children. And to this point, the they call her the mother. You said this earlier. The yep. mother gets a bottle of milk, puts a big old nipple on it, and, and like hands it down into the pit and expects Tess to drink. And she does. Then she goes to give it to AJ, and AJ's like, nope, 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 fuck this. <laughs> So she drags him away to the TV room. And Tess takes the opportunity to run. When she gets to the TV room, she sees that... (laughs) This is so gross. AJ is being forced to breastfeed 
by the mother. She is sticking that dangly mutant boob in his mouth. Yup. It was quite the moment. <laughs> quite the moment. So I really couldn't believe what I was seeing on the screen. I was yeah. like, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she takes that opportunity to run and she gets out of the basement. She gets helped by Andre, who was the homeless guy that was chasing her earlier. Turns out that Andre wasn't trying to attack her. He was trying to help her. Now that is the urban legend, right? Yeah. That's the whole lady. There's a car. There's somebody in the back seat of your car, and she doesn't want anything to do with him because he's being creepy. Right. Ooh, right. You know? Yeah. 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 Urban legend, right there. Yeah. And then we also get to find out why she doesn't call the police. This is one of those things where the police don't believe her. She calls the cops, and the police. She tries to explain the situation, but the police think that she's high on crack. So I get here why the police think that because she, she I mean, I, I don't think it's okay, but I, 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 I see kind of first glimpse where they're going. But before, I don't know why she didn't call the police when she saw this stuff, because I feel like they would have listened to her then because she wasn't like, hasn't slept she's very dirty she's you know just running around mm-hmm. i mean she was definitely at an airbnb right she was clean you know i, I mm-hmm. feel like they would have at least gone down to look where here you've got somebody in a rundown area mm-hmm. i feel like they maybe should have listened to her and gone to look but you know i police yeah. don't generally police areas like this that's true They won't come. They just straight up won't come. It's a miracle that they did show up. Yeah. And they leave as soon as they hear shots fired on the radio somewhere else. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, they got to go somewhere else. They leave her, who is terrified. She's terrified. Yeah. In the hands of a homeless man on a completely decimated block in the exurbs of Detroit somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. They leave her because the cops don't police those areas. And in fact, they're threatening to bring her in because she's acting like a crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, after the police leave, we get a flashback, which it's flashback to, I feel like it says 1980s in the description, but I feel like it's maybe very early 1980s. Do we know when Reagan took office? Was it 81? I don't remember. Okay. Okay. Because 1980 is would have been the 1980 would have been the election. It would have been 80, 84, 88, 92, right? So I would think if you if you're elected in 80, you take office in 81. So this would have been spring/summer 81 at best, right? Because they talk about on the radio Reagan inheriting the worst economy in U.S. history or something like that. January 20th of 1981. 81. Okay. So it is 81. Okay. So this this has to be 81. Okay. I would think. And the music firmly puts it in the early 80s, late 70s is what I was thinking. But Well, the, some of the clothes that are being worn definitely look like. Yeah. Late 70s, really early 80s. So, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about the early 80s, though, is that they were still, we were still stuck in the 70s by that point. Yeah. We didn't really get all of our neon crap until about 83, yeah. 83, 84. All that, all that hot pink and hot yellow and the hairdos and. Everything has to stand up. Right. Everything <laughs> has to stand up. The collars, everything stood yeah. up. Yeah. Hair, collars. Hairs, yeah. collars, yeah. Anyway. So we get to learn about the house's original owner. His name is Frank, and uh, we get to see him going to the grocery store to buy a bunch of baby stuff. And he says the baby's not here yet, to the, you know, the store clerk that's helping him. And then he goes and puts everything in the trunk, and he proceeds to stalk a woman. Mm-hmm. And he grabs her and takes her captive. And uh, we see him going into the basement 
with the baby stuff. And it's this house. It's this house. And this basement door. This basement yep. door. Yep. yep. The one that the one that we see now, present day, forty years later. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So this was an interesting filming what they were doing because they were following him. So he, they the camera was behind him. Mm-hmm. So we were getting the walking movement as we were following him around, <laughs> which was just a different perspective from what we'd been seeing the rest of the movie. So it was just right. a little change on something there. Yeah. Yep. Now, after we get to see like Frank do his thing, because he because we don't just see him stalk the woman. He present he pretends to be part of Detroit Power or something like that, or water Detroit Water. He goes in to check the water for her, and while he's in there, he unlocks the bath the bathroom window. That way, he can go in and get the girl later. Then he goes back to the house. He opens the door. He goes to go downstairs, and he hears a bunch. Of, you hear a bunch of screaming. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the door slams, and then we're back to present day. So a little interlude to kind of allude to, okay, so something is going on with this dude in a basement, forty years ago. What does that have to do with today? Right. Well, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> so, AJ tries to escape. He finds a room that the mother does not want anything to do with. And this is a great shot because when he gets to the room, you see the mother in the darkened tunnel. Yeah. Just like this white shadow in the darkness. And you see her kind of recede into the darkness. Great shot. I love that shot. Well, and two, you see a little bell attached to a string Mm -hmm. here. And you're like, okay, what is going on? And then, yeah, then she starts fading away. Yep. So you're like, I don't know. I was kind of wondering if this was some kind of alarm or signal or what the <laughs> heck was going on here. Oh, no. I had no idea what the hell was happening at this point. Yeah. I definitely was not prepared for where this all goes. So in the room, AJ finds a an old man who we can recognize as Frank. Mm-hmm. We see who it is. That she's, we see that that's Frank. He's kind of vegetative, and he he's asking for water, so AJ tries to give him water. He's trying to be really nice to this guy for some reason. I don't know why. Do you... Th- I, I was thinking he assumed that the woman had him down there for some reason or something. Uh, you know, sure. I that's Maybe kind yeah. of what I took from it, because, yeah, he was being nice to this guy yet he's been through some traumatic shit down there so yeah i don't know well frank keeps asking for stuff but he's, he's mute he's just kind of pointing at stuff yeah. and so aj moves this end table over to him and uh, while frank is like farting around with the end table aj sees a tv with mm-hmm. a whole bunch of tapes v- vhs tapes kids so this is what i'm talking about and he pops one in and it's one of the rape tapes. Now, we don't see anything, guys, right. so don't worry about that. But it's one of the rape tapes, and you can obviously tell that it's Frank. Because AJ turns around and is like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Mm-hmm. Now, he has no room to be all that, you know, high and mighty. But I appreciate that they tried to maybe make him a little remorseful there. I don't know that it really flew very far. You know what I mean? No, especially when he does something later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For every step he takes forward, he takes two steps back. Yeah. He's a Paula Abdul song. Anyway. He's a terrible human being. He is a terrible human being. And uh, and so so Frank takes the gun that was in the little nightstand and he shoots himself. I thought he was going to shoot at AJ. I was not... Thinking he was going to kill himself. Yeah, but. I wasn't. It, my thought, my thought process here is like, he still has the mother, right? Yeah. What makes him think that AJ is going to get out? I don't know. Unless if he's just at his end and he doesn't want to be around anymore, who knows? I don't know either. I can't quite figure out why Frank killed himself. I mean, I get it. He feels like he's caught at that point. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Like, maybe. nobody else has seen these videos except for him, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Because you know he's not letting the rape babies see this. Oh, yeah, there's rape babies. Not We don't see them, but they're alluded to. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Frank kills himself, 
AJ takes the gun and he starts going back into the tunnels. And Tess is still outside, but the mother goes looking for her. She like bursts out of the out of the house and Tess like <laughs> runs into her and drives her up against the house and seemingly kills her. Then she, she, she decides, didn't do the double tap. She, she didn't, didn't just make tap. sure. Yeah, she didn't double tap. <laughs> didn't double tap. So then she goes into the house to find AJ because she is determined that she is not leaving him behind. I don't know why. I don't either. But she is determined that she's not leaving him behind, which, you know what? I do know why. It speaks to good character for it her. It does speak to good character for her. Now, she is definitely the good character, and AJ is definitely a bad character. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to see later, it's not reciprocal. Right. So she goes back into the tunnel to find AJ, but as soon as he sees her, he can't see who she is. He just sees a shadow, and he shoots at her. He is instantly remorseful because, you know, he didn't mean to shoot her. You yeah. Know? He yeah. didn't mean it can't control himself right he can't control what he does he can only apologize for the things that he does so she he doesn't end up killing her though he ends up just shooting her so he grabs her they leave the house with frank's gun and when they leave they notice that the mother wasn't dead she is no longer pinned by the car up against the house also, at this point, they cannot take AJ's car because AJ's keys are somewhere in that tunnel labyrinth down. Oh, yes. Downstairs. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So they find Andre, or Andre finds them, and tells them that the mother is a product of decades of rape and incest. Basically... He would he raped the first people that he that he abducted, forced them to have babies. When those babies were old enough, he raped them, made more babies with them, and then again and again and again. Mm-hmm. What we get after all of that is the mother, which is this culmination of terrible behavior, let's say. That is putting it mildly. Yeah, yeah, that's putting it mildly. <laughs> so they go back to AJ's base camp, and he says, "Look, she never comes here. She's never been here, not once." And as soon as he says that, she busts into his little his. his you little knew hut. she was going to. Of course, you knew that was going to happen. At this point, it's just it's just slasher movie. At this point, the kill though was. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> she ripped his arm off and, and beat, beat him, him to, to death, death with it. With it. Yeah. My God. That is a that is a that is that feels like straight out of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like straight out of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. But anyway. So yeah, she rips his arm off and beats the crap out of him with it. And uh, Tess and AJ run up a water tower. I don't know why they did. Why do you run up a water tower when something's chasing you? That makes no sense. Well, they had the gun. I think the plan was to get to the high ground. And as soon as she comes up the stairs, start shooting. I mean, that's a reasonable plan. I suppose. But they drop the gun. Well, AJ the idiot <sighs> drops the gun. AJ the idiot drops the gun. And then AJ the idiot decides that he needs somebody to be bait. So he pushes Tess off the water tower to distract the mother. The mother jumps to grab Tess because she wants to protect her quote-unquote baby. She does this thing where she grabs Tess and she turns over to shield her from the fall damage, I guess. Yeah. And the mother is seemingly dead. Again. Uh, Again. (laughs) Tess is okay. AJ tries to apologize and say, hey, you know what? I I, I, I just did what I did because I acted. I didn't think. Again, here we go. I just acted. I didn't think. Wasn't he saying something like, you understand, don't you? I mean, didn't he say something like that? Yes. I was like, my God, man. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you have to understand. I, I acted. I didn't think. I just, I I only had time to act. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's, it's, isn't that kind of the rapist's like thing? Oh, well, I wasn't thinking about it. We just did it because that's what we were both into at the time. I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. 
They don't feel like they have to think about it. He doesn't feel obligated to think about the situation before he acts. It's on Tess. Yeah. He places it all on Tess. He tries to. But the mother's not having any of this. Yes, the mother is still alive. She grabs AJ and gouges his eyes out with her thumbs and then splits his head open. So she's got mega strength for being underground and probably malnourished and not getting the nutrition she needs to get. Somehow she's got some kind of superpower strength because, my God, to rip a man's arm off and to explode another man's head, that's, that's something. Look, I saw those boobs. She is not malnourished. So the mother tries to get Tess to come back to the house with her so she can nurse her. That's all she cares about is taking care of her baby. That's all she cares about. And Tess is like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pass. She shoots the mother in the head with Frank's gun and uh, stumbles away. Bloodied and traumatized. Yep. And that is barbarian guys. So one of the things I thought was interesting is the kind of the music. It was like a big booming music throughout this movie. It kind of gave you that unsettling mm-hmm. feeling through there. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was very good music. I think that's, I think what what's great about this movie and again, guys, this movie, it rests securely on its twists and turns. I mean, it works because of these twists and turns. I think there's more to it. You can re- the the beauty of it is there's there's subtext here that you can study, that you can read, that you can investigate, that you can think about a little bit more mm-hmm. because frankly this is about male abuse of of women and what that leads to and where that ends up, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it from the get-go with and what that effect has on her. Mm-hmm. You see it in the mother in that she is this monstrosity that's only there for one thing, which is, of course, what some people think of mothers. Think Some people think of, of females. They're only there for one thing. Yeah. This is very pro-woman, this movie. And there's a lot of people that don't like that. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if they don't like it because they picked up on the subtext. If I want to give them a little bit of credit, I'd say that maybe they did. But I'm going to probably say that they're having a knee-jerk reaction to it and not really thinking about it, which, again, is the Justin Long problem, right? Well, they must not be watching it because this is still getting pretty good reviews and ratings. Yes, absolutely. On, across all the platforms. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yep. There was... Uh, I really only had... I mean, we talked through a lot of this. But... There are some things that I noticed. The beginning of the movie, when you when she first, like, in the daylight, sees the decimated area that she's in, Tess, there is a house across the street that is painted on it, or graffitied on it, Death From Below. It's telling oh. us exactly where it's coming from the whole time. Telling us it's right there in front of our faces, guys. Huh. Which, again... All the types of things that women have to go through are right there in front of our faces if we're paying attention. One thing that I thought would have been really cool is when Justin Long was measuring the basement and the sub-basement. I think it would have been really cool to have like one like kind of shot where you see the mother in the background with her hands out like, what the fuck is with this guy? <laughs> thought that would have been funny. But I think maybe not tonally with the rest of the movie. So, right, yeah. right. Yeah, and I kept looking, especially at the beginning, I was looking in the backgrounds at stuff because I was convinced that this <laughs> was going to be a supernatural something and that there was going to be things that you see in the background that come into play. But I didn't see anything. Well, so. I mean, it kind of is, right? I mean, she has preternatural strength. She's yeah. not like, you know, normally abled. She's extra abled. Right. right. So, yeah, I was honestly surprised that this was a 20th century film. Oh, yeah. I thought this this felt like an A24 flick to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Do uh, you have other notes? Other. I don't really have any other notes or trivia stuff. I kind of covered all that as we were talking here. Okay. All right. 
So nothing else then. Nope. All right. So I guess then that, that brings us to our keep rent or erase. Jen, where do you stand on this one? This is a keep for me. This okay. was a good scary movie. So if you are into scary movies, this is good. Now, hopefully if you've gotten this far, you have seen this already <laughs> and you can make your own determination. But I was not anticipating where this went. When when Keith died, it was very sudden. And all of a sudden, we're in this bright, sunshiny thing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, what just happened? And, you know, I'm trying to process it in my head. And we're just getting all this happy AJ singing stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I just watched, you know. But it takes you back and t- tells a full story. I like the opposites of Keith's character versus AJ's character. Mm. I love the story. It was a good creepy story. I would definitely buy this one. Wow. Okay. How about you? Okay, so Barbarian for me, I played with the idea of maybe just doing this as a rent because so much of this movie depends on what you don't know about it. This, I felt like this might be one of those movies that you can only see once to have the same effect. And I still stand by that. I still believe that. I agree. I still believe that. But... As we went through the movie, as we talked through it, as I made my decisions about this movie, I came to the conclusion that I think this is definitely a keep for me, and here's why. There is so much subtext to this movie. It reminds me spiritually of Promising Young Woman, in that it deals with directly issues that women deal with on a regular basis, that we don't see on screen that much. Also, I like the idea that it's probably going to piss people off. Now, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I don't mean that in a way that's like people should be angry about it. I just mean that art sometimes, good art sometimes, pisses people off, and it should. It makes you think. I like that. This is a keeper for me. All right. Yeah. So where are we going next? Next week, we're going to do a little change here. We talked before that we were going to do Pearl in a couple weeks. We're just going to punt that out to October, so that way we can cover it in our spooky movies that we're doing. So we're actually going to cover Nightmare Alley next week. Oh, okay. Nightmare Alley. That one is Guillermo del Toro, right? It is. It is. And it's got Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett in it. So two of my favorite actors out there. Yeah. This is going to be an easy on the eyes movie. That's what I remember talking about that. Yep. It will be. Okay. Very good. Okay. So we'll see you next week then right here on the couch for Nightmare Alley, which by the way is a remake. Oh, really? It's a remake of a film from, I want to say 1947. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. We're getting, we're going to go Deep Cuts by Rich. Deep Cuts by Rich. (laughs) You've got Jennifer's Trivia Tidbits, which we haven't really do anymore, but now we're going to have Deep Cuts by Rich, which sounds like, I sound like a radio DJ. You sound like a radio DJ, yeah. It's kind of lame, right? (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to A View from the Couch. We value your feedback. Please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your preferred podcast listening app. You can reach us on Facebook by searching at A View From The Couch, on Twitter at View underscore Couch, or by emailing us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye. See ya.